almost 50 points for Devin Booker tonight. 48. He had two more tries towards the end to get 50 points and how disappointed he was, even though the Suns get the win tonight. I'm pretty sure he wanted a 50 burger, but he came up a little bit short. So did it looks like maybe the Cardinals might be too. So, I mean, even though our football teams suck, the Suns can pick us up, right? Uh, tonight, I actually have joining me is Suns Geek. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, John. man. <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Yeah. Just uh, enjoying the Phoenix Suns winning. And uh, too bad the Cardinals are going to lose. But hey, man, I mean, at least, the, at least the Cardinals made the playoffs, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> actually, it looks like, well, 28 to 8, it's going to the fourth quarter. It's over. Like, just, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, and I, we went to the bar yesterday to watch, and I just knew they were going to lose. Like, I was actually cheering for everything the Cowboys did wrong. <laughs> I'm like, it's it's just totally over. So, oh, it looks like John gave up already. It looks like he's going to be joining us, too. Hey, let's John, go. You, you gave up on your team already, man? <laughs> There's not a football game tonight, right? That's oh, not man. that's not a football game going That's on. not a football game. That's the Arizona I didn't watch Cardinals are not playing a football game right now. They're playing peewee hockey. It's uh, yeah. they completely came unprepared. They didn't show up in LA, so fuck them. I was I watched the Suns game at halftime. I have not watched a snap of the second half of the Cardinals game. Don't we didn't even have our first down until about like late in the second half or whatever. And I'm like, when the Cardinals actually scored, I was like, wait, we actually scored. So that's my Cardinals hot take of the day. So, so they scored. That's nice. How, yeah, how they, sweet they of them scored. to show up and score. That's so cute. No, man, I was watching Booker go for 48 tonight, man. Like, yeah, I was no. watching some high quality basketball. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to round that out to uh, 50. Booker had 50. I'm just going to try. Yeah. Tried. Yeah, yeah. He's close, dude. Maybe next game he's getting there. Uh, so John, are you going to take over then, man? I mean, it seems like you watched the game then, right? You watched most of it. I watched almost the entire damn thing, dude. Let's go. Yeah. You want me to just do one of these right here? Boop. Hey. <laughs> there we go. Uh, have you have you cracked any beers open or anything yet? No, Jets? we just started, man. We just got oh, well, here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. My name's John. He's Matthew. And of course, we're joined by Suns Geek, taking some time out of his busy schedule, posting all those fantastic <laughs> YouTube videos on his channel to join us here on the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank you for joining us, Sunscape. We'd like to thank you for joining us if you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. If you're doing so, hit that thumbs up button down below. As Sunscape likes to say, sma Hulk smash Hulk it, if smash you will. that like button. Hulk Everyone, and subscribe to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Yeah, please. Please do. We appreciate it. And again, hit that thumbs up button. helps with the algorithms. If you're listening to the podcast, wherever you're listening, uh, just enjoy the content. I'm not going to ask you to subscribe or give us a five-star review because no one is. So fuck it. What's the point of doing it? It's like the oh, Cardinals playing defense. What's the point? Today. Oh, my what's goodness. What's the point of anything in life, right, John? What's, yeah, it's exactly. What's the, what, what, what's the point of anything? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but but here we are. Uh, so, so thank you, Suns fans, for showing up. And thank you, Phoenix Suns, for playing some quality basketball today by beating the pants off the Spurs. Uh, it was dicey there for a little bit. I think they went down 10 points in the third quarter, and then they just boo, took off like a rocket. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about plenty on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So if you've got a beer, please, gentlemen, tell me you have a beer. I have a VA. I drank too I much don't. Beer I only got water. <laughs> I have a center sparkling Ooh. CBD oh. drink. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I want it. Kind of, uh, got, is it gothic? What is it? I don't know. It's a CBD drink, though. So if oh, I just okay. zone out for 20 minutes, no, I'll, you'll I'll be just fine. let you You're guys talk feel amongst yourselves. So. CBD's uh, for wussies. All right. <laughs> there you go. We'll crack them if you got them. Oh, so CBD's for Cardinals. And uh, let's talk about this victory for the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns on game four of a five-game road trip. They go to San Antonio on the second night of a back-to-back -back and ultimately beat those pesky and annoying San Antonio Spurs. One thing that we love to see, anytime, anytime you beat the San Antonio Spurs, uh, it's a good day. But they beat them by 14 points, two touchdowns, if you will, 121 to 107, uh, which brings me to our first segment of the show. If I can click the button. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew and Sunskeek, I got to ask. 
should they have let Devin Booker get that 50? Should he have stayed in those final minute, that final minute and a half and gone for 50 points? Because he ended with 48 points. Talk amongst yeah, yeah. No, no, he's he's actually he's fine with it. I think he had two chances at the end to get it. And Monty's like, hey, if you could go out there, I'll leave you out there a little bit longer. I know Chris Paul wanted to come out. As soon as he did, then then Booker's like, you know, what? I'm done. I'm not gonna stay out here. This isn't like the old Suns, the old Devin Booker, where you're just trying to score 60 points. You know what I mean? Even though back then it was for a loss. Yeah. Tonight, I just think he he had his chance, and he. I think I told Suns Geek right before you got on. I think next game he'll go for 50, man, because he's been too hot too recently to really even. You know, there's there's no way you can really put that out of anyone's mind or anything because it's gonna happen, man. He's gonna get 50 points. This year, it's going to happen, man. He's super close. I know he was pissed, but it, he'll be okay. I, I I think we all knew he had a chance at 50 when he had 18 in his first 11 minutes tonight. Now, if I'm correct, Monty took him out with around maybe six minutes of the fourth quarter. I don't know if that was just a quick little breather or maybe Booker requested that. Maybe that's when he, you know, should have tried to push for 50. But you're right. I mean, he did have two chances at the end. But you know what? 48 points. I'm going to round it out. He had 50 tonight. I'm going to hack the NBA servers and I'm going to add 50 in there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was a great performance by book. And I think the only reason he came out with six minutes left in the fourth quarter is because he played the entire third in the first, yeah. you know, six minutes of the fourth. So, I mean, he was just in the groove and Eddie was saying it on the broadcast, like, Hey, this guy's grooving right now. And the only person that's going to take him out is himself. And he finally exactly. got to that point where he was winded yeah. a little bit, uh, sat for three minutes, came back, tried for that final push uh, in the fourth quarter in an effort to try to hit 50. Uh, but in that fourth quarter, he went three for seven from the field, only had seven points, uh, including one for four from deep. So, I mean, he really, uh, you know, he, he tried, he, he wanted it, but I mean, he definitely has earned his drop. Big Dick Booker. Yeah, I mean, he was slanging that thing all around the court tonight. The San Antonio Spurs could not stop him. And ultimately, he's the guy who carried this team to victory because although it's a 14-point victory, you look at kind of the final box score for the Phoenix Suns, and there it, it's not a bunch of huge numbers, right? I mean, Bismack Biombo turned it on in the second half, ended with 17 points. Cameron Payne turned it on in the second half ended with 11 points, but the only other starter who was in double figures was Chris Paul. And those are the the three players who were in double figures. Devin Booker had 48. Everybody else was in single digits. You know, I'll ask you guys this has Devin Booker during this road trip had to carry the team to victories with his huge point performances. Whereas we're used to seeing kind of a holistic approach from this team and a bunch of guys scoring double figures. What do you, what do you think? Sunsky? I'm going to kind of go both ways if that answers your question because, I mean, let's be real. Like, I think it was either Monty Williams or Devin Booker who just said this recently. They're like, it's a we score mentality. And, I mean, you, you, you know, there's not many double digits on the box score, but a lot of players did score in the game. And, yeah, you're right. Bismack Biombo came up huge with 17 points there and obviously great energy and all that stuff. But then again, you know, this isn't like the 20. 16 sons or whatever when we were in the lottery and all that so booker has had to carry us and that's why he won player of the week by the way yeah and averaged a whole bunch of points i mean 35 mm -hmm. points last game uh i'm gonna keep saying it 50 points this game <laughs> so i don't really know if that answers your question but like I, I guess it's good that we can pull devin booker out and rest him for a few minutes when we've taken over the fourth quarter and we still have guys out there hitting shots so you know yeah, I mean, so the thing is with Booker, I was thinking today, I'm like, maybe the team itself is like letting Booker have these games because, you know, the all-star game's coming up. They want him to be a starter. They want him to, you know, be, I, even if he got 50 tonight, you think anybody would even talk about it tomorrow? Probably not. Probably not, because obviously there's football on tonight, so they're going to be talking about the Rams stopping on the Cardinals. But <laughs> Booker, Booker, honestly, he's... uh he's just doing it so efficiently. So it's nothing like that where this team is just, you know what you take over because stats, we want to get your stats up. We want you to have those big games to get into the all-star game. Um, but it is weird because I don't remember even earlier this season, he's been pretty consistent all year, but he's never been that guy really where he'll, he'll go on runs in the first quarter. Now his first quarter book, but then he will be the one guy to go on the run to come back against the Spurs. He's never Kinda really cools been that down dude. after the first. Yeah, yeah. Like he, yeah. he, you never see him. Like if the Suns were down by eight or ten to the Spurs, and he just takes them back by himself. 
it's like you never see that. And plus, it's like with DeAndre Aiden now, and then like Cameron Johnson was missing time, and Jay Crowder, all that. It's kind of nice just to have him, the one guy, kind of carrying the team for right now until everybody does come back, and then they can focus on getting that chemistry back as long as they can stay healthy. Because right now, that's all we need is just that one guy, and it's Booker. We've always just needed that one guy in these kind of games, and now he's just he's that guy. Well, and it goes to show you that again this team can beat you in so many different ways. And during a road trip, which let's, let's face it, it's not an easy road trip going on an East coast swing uh, and well, more of middle America and, and Canada, if you will, they didn't touch the East coast, but you know, they go up to Toronto, they're in Detroit, they're in Indiana, you know, now they're down in San Antonio, but going on a swing like that in the winter time, in the middle of January, isn't necessarily easy. You know, you're from the Southwest, you live in the Southwest and you're going back and, and, not everyone is as locked in as they are. There's there's a mental fatigue there that's going to set in. So, you know, where most nights it's the entire team that's dismantling the opposition. The last three games, it's been just the Devin Booker show. He went for 35, 30, and now 48, or Suns Geek likes to say by his math, 50. You know, so it just I never goes was to, good at math. <laughs> that's not what you're teaching the, the kids <laughs> no. these days? Nope. <laughs> you know, but, they're, but again, they're teaching me. <laughs> but it, it just goes to show you that, you know, the Suns are going to beat you in a, do- a bunch of different ways. And if it's a holistic approach on offense and everybody's contributing, yeah, we'll beat you that way and we'll win by, you know, 10 points. If we have just Devin Booker going off, you know, the team kind of gets behind him. And, you know, his, what, 15th, 40th point game in, in Phoenix Suns history, tied for the most with this guy right here, Amari Stoudemire. Stoudemire. You know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's just kind of another way that they – uh, and Devin Booker steps up and shows out. And, I, you know, Sunsky mentioned it. You know, he was awarded for the second time this season and for the fifth time in his career, uh, all being within the last 11 months, the Player of the Week award today. And it was interesting because you looked at some of the statistics in the Western Conference. LeBron James averaged 29.5 points this past week. Uh, you had uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander averaged 28.7. Devin Booker had 27 points per game. Okay, and you look at the the field goal percentages, you know, and and Shea Gilgis Alexander shot fifty two point five percent to Devin Booker's forty six point four percent. You know, the difference obviously. LeBron James went zero and two this week. Shea Gilgis Alexander went one and two, and Devin Booker led his team to three and zero. But I think what really propelled Devin Booker to the Player of the Week nod this week was not only his thirty point game and his thirty five point game, because he also he also had a sixteen point game in there against toronto but it was his engagement with the media it was the hey you know sitting there talking about the raptors mascot be like yeah you know we hashed it out we good it's him talking about how like listen i'm not kobe bryant and everybody who's talking about mama mentality sitting on their mama's couch you know he's given us kind of these fun little sound clips it's him going against uh detroit last yesterday and just you know talking to all the fans and engaging and creating kind of the this narrative that devin booker is a just cool as the other side of the pillow. So you take that all together and he, that's, what's going to give you kind of uh, a player of the week, nod over the likes of LeBron James. Uh, of course, winning always helps though. Doesn't it guys? Yeah. And are you talking about, so you think Booker went up another notch? Basically you think the team told him, or even coach Monty's like, Hey dude, if you want this all-star gig, if you want people to actually pay attention, you, you got to go up another, I know we're a team, no, we I team don't basketball, think so. but we need you to be more aggressive maybe. And then you'll get more of the spotlight. No, I don't think that that's necessarily happened. I think, like I said, like it's this long road trip. Your best player is in a groove, so he's just naturally doing it because the Mm -hmm. other guys are getting shots. They're just not necessarily making them. So, that yeah, maybe it it might not be a spoken thing, but it's kind of an unspoken thing on the court where they're like, yo, we'll just defer to book because this guy's cooking right now. Yeah, they looked excited. Cameron Payne looked excited too. Yeah. That's the thing. It was I had people, you know, hit me up on Twitter and stuff, and they're at, they're absolutely right. They're saying when Book's got it going like this, we need guys like Mikael Bridges, for example, or Landry Shamit or a campaign to start scoring. And I guess that was my whole point with my little rant over there earlier was just like it's a we score mentality, but we do need guys to step up and score. And it would be nice to have maybe a couple more players in the double digits and all that. But I mean, we got the win. Booker had a 48 piece and you know, it's, I don't know, but yeah, we, we need more guys to score and Booker's got it going like this. Cause you know, as Matt brought up earlier, Booker sometimes gets it really going in the first quarter and then cools down the second, maybe sometimes third. That's when players like bridges or cam Johnson, when he's healthy and, you know, campaign can step it up. 
No. And uh, <clears throat> another guy who really stepped it up tonight, you know, in the absence, obviously, of DeAndre and he tweaked the ankle. We don't know necessarily when he's going to be back. But you did have this guy come out and show out. Biz. Biz. Oh, my God. Cute hotel room. <laughs> return of the Bismack. You know, he's, he's had a couple rough games, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, just because he's he, like even against Detroit yesterday. It's a game where he's probably not counting on himself getting a whole bunch of minutes. But tonight he goes for 25 minutes, eight for 10 from the field, 17 points, and was our rebounding force with 14 total rebounds. Uh, eight of those on the offensive end, which I think were very vital, something that JaVale McGee wasn't necessarily doing. Uh, so when he came in and spelled him, that is Bismack, uh, he, he showed up, didn't he, Matthew? Yeah, he did. And the rebounds were great, 14 of them. But a lot of it, too, tonight was just the hustle, him being around the ball all the time. I mean, it's something that sticks we see from him, and we didn't see him tonight, so that was kind of weird. But Bismack, maybe because Bismack was just having such a great game, but the hustle he's putting on the offensive and defensive end underneath the rim, he's just always giving the Suns a chance. And, like, how many times did he make a play – and the you know the Suns bench would stand up and start flexing. I mean, they did that for a lot of the players tonight. But I feel like Bismack had them on their feet almost all game because of his hustle. And you look at him play; it just seems like a guy that's like forty years old or something out there. But he's, I guess he's like twenty five or twenty six. But he just you know he seems like he has like an old man game out there. Very simple, but a lot of hustle. And it's just it's a, it's enough for him to really you know of course get that contract to stay with us. And who would have thought, right? I mean. If they didn't re-sign him or they didn't sign him to the rest of the season and then DA gets hurt, I mean, it sucks, right? We have to rely on sticks even more. And then if for some reason to play tonight, but then that's too much pressure maybe for him. I don't know. It's just nice to have this guy in the lineup whenever we need him. That's a great point, man. I mean, we would it shows how deep of a team we are. And keep in mind, you know, we're not even fully healthy, Frank Kaminsky, Dario Sarge. So I mean, and I, you know what? I'm going to say it. Even though it was just one game, I got that Bismack fever again because he was oh. great tonight. The fever <laughs> nice. kind of went down for a while. I stopped talking <laughs> about him on my channel, which means, you know, there was nothing to talk about. So yeah. but tonight he played great. 17 and 14. Like, that's awesome. I And he just did it all out there. We needed it. You know, he saved campaign from having that one turnover when he jumped up and just tipped it in, you know, reverse and everything. He was, he was great tonight. Yeah, and again, I think that he really started to come through when no one outside of Booker was coming through. You know, there was kind of that lull in the third quarter where the Phoenix Suns gave up a ton of points to the uh, the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, the Spurs outscored the, the start Suns. of the quarter. Yeah, they the Spurs came out focused. You know, and that was right at the point where the Cardinals were really getting smacked in the face. <laughs> You know, so I'm like, well, let me just turn over to the Suns game because I'm going to put this piece of trash in the trash. (laughs) And then, like, the Suns are winning and all of a sudden they're not. And, you know, ultimately the the Spurs outscore the Suns 35 to 28 in that third quarter, uh, shooting 12 for 22 from the field while the Suns went 11 for 24. But Bismack Biombo, you know, he went three for four from the field uh, and five offensive rebounds in that third quarter so he really gave the Suns an opportunity when the game was starting to slip away and Devin Booker was like Devin's cooking and we're losing and it's like oh no oh no I feel like it's 2016 all over again and then you saw the team kind of like oh okay he's not the only one here you start to see the defensive energy and the hustle come back and it was interesting because Matthew I mean you always notice this one of the number one things that's frustrating to watch uh when it comes to Spurs is Greg Popovich calls the best timeouts, doesn't he? And when the yeah, Suns yeah. had mm-hmm. one little three-pointer, bam, it was a timeout. Like, like it was a timeout, <laughs> a three-pointer by the Suns, another timeout from Pop, right, Matthew? Yeah, but then also EJ talks about, you know, the eight-point lead didn't think it was safe. Of course it's not safe, you know? Yeah. And he said the Suns don't even care. They don't care about your lead. But an eight- or ten-point lead – it doesn't seem like a lot, but this game, it did seem like maybe it was going to be a Suns loss. It it just seemed like because the energy wasn't really there. It was only Booker. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, it's like usually it's not Booker leading like a comeback, you know, for the Suns on one hand. And it just doesn't happen a whole lot. But the fact that he did and the fact that they won this game, it just shows like the way they win games is just it's so impressive because it's always just so different and unique almost every night where it just all of a sudden it's like, you know, five-minute mark, six-minute mark, it's a decent game. They're only up by six, and boom, it's over with. The Suns, you know, you can start folding your laundry and doing other things around the house because they just start taking over left and right dunks. Mikhail Bridges didn't even have a great night. He probably saw the Rams score, and he just, you know, I'm going to get a dunk <laughs> in here tonight too. So I'm, I was going to ask you too. I'm like, I wonder how many 
who's like actually giving him because he's a Rams fan, right? Yeah. I just wonder who's keeping score, or maybe it's on the scoreboard up there. So I'm sure he just it, he it maybe it rolls through. But they probably talked about it at halftime, and they're like, "Oh, they're up 21 nothing." He's like, "Cool, I can just go out and play loose now." And it's funny yeah. you say that because literally. The Suns, like in the fourth quarter, I was ironing my my pants for tomorrow for work. Like, yeah, you know, that's like what you, you do. You, you get can up. do other things. You can walk yeah. around. Like, it's nice. You get a set like, up for the pod. You know, yeah, take the trash out. It's, yeah, it's not like you're sitting there just like living and dying with every possession like we've had to do with so many Suns <laughs> yeah. uh, plays in the past. You know, I will oh. say that even though I had the vibe that we could lose this game when the Spurs, you know, went on that big third quarter run. I wasn't really that intimidated. Like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, man, we're going to lose now. You know, Booker had a great effort and everything. But I, mm-hmm. I was confident. I was like, we're going to come back. We'll be fine. I wasn't 100% sure we'd win until, you know, the, the whole team really started going off. But, uh, you know, I, I just felt good, you know, despite them going on that run. Yeah, and it's like they said on the broadcast. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're down, you're up eight points. It's nothing, you know, Eddie Johnson. It's the best invention ever is the, the 24 second shot clock. You know, I'm like, well, you know, I like cell phones too. You know, uh, YouTube's really nice. And while you're here, hit a thumbs up button down below. Hey. You know, I'm just saying. So, uh, <laughs> we're seeing a lot of uh, jamsters in the chat talking about Landry Shamit, you know, uh, yeah. Buck Dog. Uh, he's like, you know, they both suck. LOL. If Nader had Shamit's chances, uh, he'd have settled in more. He had good flashes last year. Shamit ain't getting, uh, isn't getting any better. You know, uh, Joshua 77, Shamit is absolutely horrible. Hey, dot zero, Shamit with stupid turnover, greedy. Uh, mm-hmm. Rag MMA, Shamit makes Elia Kobo look good. Ooh, man. Shamit tonight, uh, a total, you know, 15 minutes, 0 for 3 from the field. Uh, he did have three rebounds, but he had those two turn- turnovers, which were noticeable, especially when you play 15 minutes. Matthew, you know, we know that it's peaks and valleys right now with Landry Shamit. How long until we are just are are, are we going to see a consistent shamit this year do you think i don't i don't think so the thing is like i'm thinking too i'm like when sticks was in the beginning of the year and was like well sticks will be traded there was really no expectations for him this year and we really didn't see his game at all but he got a chance and he proved himself and he has a game or two in a row and then he just looks like a good a good guy to keep right all of a sudden shamit he's had his opportunity i don't know what else he really needs where he needs to be on the floor what position he needs to be out there who needs to play next to to really get things going because it's just it's not working no matter what i mean he missed that shot from three grabbed it just jumped up in the air and just turned the ball over like that's obviously that's not Suns basketball. None of the other players do that stuff anymore. I mean, Sticks had a, a little bit of a hard time early in the season, but he fixed himself really quickly. He he was really on top of it to make sure that he can contribute to winning. And Sham is still doing things that he just throw the ball out the window or something. Like he, I don't know what he's trying to really do out there. I just know that it would be nice if he wasn't someone that we can really go in the playoffs with. You know what I mean? Maybe we can put him in a trade. It's, it's shitty, but I'm just saying it because we've seen him so much. Nothing ever is good coming from his game unless the Suns are winning and he's hitting like corner threes. You know what I mean? That's about it. Yeah. What do you can, see? Can we, can, can we just talk about campaign who I actually think has been pretty good in his last few games? You know, John, I think it was the last time I was on the show with you, if I remember correctly. I was like, you know what? I'm being very patient with Landry Shamit. I I don't know, guys. I mean, Matt, you said it perfectly. Like, he's gotten his playing time. He's gotten the shots up. Uh, We need him to be consistent, even if it's just a simple 10 points. Like, just get us some points on the board, man. I I don't know. Like, and I I don't think he's going to get traded unless it just completely gets. I mean, he could be at rock bottom right now, but if it gets lower than rock bottom from now to the trade deadline, maybe. But I don't, I don't know, guys. Let's, let's talk about campaign who I think's actually played good his last few games. I mean, he's scoring more points. He's assisting the ball. He's just showing a lot of uh, effort out there. So, I want to talk about campaign. <laughs> yeah, well, real quick, I got to give a shout out to Fabio in the chat. He says, Shamit played like a Cardinal, <laughs> uh, which is spot on tonight, you know. And again, uh, it's just his inconsistency. And I think that that's yeah. one of the most frustrating <laughs> things is he you did. Know, he threw it up for grabs, right? Yeah, so he threw it up for grabs it and it was intercepted. Six? Yeah, that, that, the worst pick six ever. Kyler Murray just <laughs> knows he's fucked. So he underhands Man. it to the opposition on the yeah. two yard line. Great call. <laughs> but as Jay Pizzle says, and to echo what Sunskeek's saying, uh, you know, campaign seems to be back on track. And I think that that's very important for the Phoenix Suns to have campaign play consistency. Cause I think that that is, and don't get me wrong. Like this is 
You know, we're 34 and nine. We're the best team in the NBA. We're playing fantastic basketball, but there's still little things as fans, as people who watch them every game, there's, there's little things that we notice that have, uh, that are areas of opportunity. And I think our backup guard play recently has been that area of opportunity because not only has Landry Shamit been inconsistent, but so is Cameron Payne. But, you know, you, you look at what Cameron Payne's been doing at recently, and he's really starting to, as you mentioned, put together some consistent basketball. You know, we did talk about it on the podcast where you were with me, Suns Geek, about, you know, my frustration, if you will, with campaign was simply the fact that he was taking difficult shots and just taking too many of them and not really involving the players around him. And, you know, when you do that as a backup point guard, you're asking, you know, for, for trouble, especially when it comes to the fact that it's like, you know, if you're not scoring and you're not playmaking, those are very empty minutes. But, mm-hmm. you know, tonight against the Spurs, uh, another fantastic uh, effort by him. I'm trying to pull up the box score, but my computer's being all lame. Let's see here. I think he had 11 and four, Cameron. That Payne. sounds right. That sounds 11 right. and four. He's, sh- you know, five for 12, not the best shooting night, but I mean, you know, he got it done in my opinion. And again, and it's just those little games. It's just those little games. If he can just do that consistently, I'll I'll be fine with 10 points and a few assists, you know? Like, I'll take it. And he had 20 points against the Pistons yesterday. Yeah. He had, he had 11 points against Indiana. So this road trip is really starting to set him right. Uh, Matthew, are you, you know, mm-hmm. kind of back on the pain train? Yeah, I think um, <laughs> some guy that, um, the guy that returned, JaVel McGee, I think he does help Cameron Payne in a way. That's on, true. On the floor. That's, that's really I, I think true. he, the way I think of it is like, I feel like, uh, JaVel McGee's like the bigger brother out there to Cameron Payne. You know what I mean? He has his back. He feels comfortable with him out there. Um, whether or not they're playing the pick and roll or whatever, he just seems more comfortable when McGee's out there. There's just some kind of connection of energy they have that, you know, contributes to actually decent basketball. Whether or not, if they're losing and you're like, oh, can, I, can we count on campaign to come back and like give some, you know, some, some, give the Suns some offense? But sometimes it's not always there. But as long as he's not turning the ball over, He's making the right decisions. I think he does that a lot better when McGee's out on the floor with him. And not putting up crazy shots, as you you both have mentioned. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You know, again, (laughs) he has that safety net of um, JaVale McGee there. So, you know, when he does drive to the rim and he sees that, you know, it's not going to be a quality shot. Yeah, he's got uh, uh, JaVale McGee right there. I mean, there was one play where he was driving to the rim. And he was going, he's getting ready to do a shot. Yaka Pertle was right in his face. And he just lobbed it right over his head to JaVale McGee for a quick dunk. It's like yeah. that net wasn't necessarily happening happening uh, with Jalen Smith, with Bismack Beyond, but with the guys who just don't know the chemistry that him and JaVale have developed over the front end of the season. So uh, it's good to see campaign obviously play well again. Um, Matthew, real quick, Cowboys, tell me about them. Oh, I don't remember the game at all. <laughs> I remember I took my jersey off and threw it across the you bar. Did, you did. <laughs> uh, how many times I gonna? I you know it's it's weird because um, I, first I told you when I got kind of excited when the Cowboys came out. I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't think the Niners are gonna score one touchdown this game. Score a touchdown right away. But then even before, I'm just like, it's gonna be the same shit. There's penalties all over the place. I'm cheering for the Niners. I'm like, oh, dude, good job. Anytime the Cowboys mess up, hey, good job, Cowboys. Like it's just it's the same stuff every year. That's why I don't get excited, and I'm not watching them next year. I swear. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Is that what there's, you wanted? There, there's uh, the Cowboys breakdown from, by Matthew. He's a lot more tame today than he was yesterday. It was pretty hysterical, actually. Uh, I got to say, watching the Cardinals game today, I was just calm because I knew we were just going to fucking blow it. Like, I ah. keep looking over at my TV over here, and I keep checking the score, and it's bad, guys. <laughs> I yeah, saw Stafford run like, for a, a run, and he just was wide open with no one's tackling him. Yeah, uh, not like- very many good games. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like the Cardinals unable yep. to tackle. So mm. um, coming back to the best team in the NBA, the, the Phoenix Suns, you know, uh, real quick, Buck Dog asked a question. He says, is KD going to be out for the Nets game? It's on national TV, right? I know that the Phoenix Suns play the uh, Brooklyn Nets on February Probably. 1st. It's an 8 p.m. game. My guess is that's a TNT game. And I can uh-huh. almost guarantee you KD's going to be out because he's out, what, four to six weeks now? Yeah, I'm like, he, he'll he probably be out. Yeah, he yeah, did. I suck. When did he get um, hurt, man? It was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. And just, you know, when they say four to six weeks, there, there's no way he's returning for that game. And even oh. if he was magically, he wouldn't be the 100% KD. So he, he'll be out for a while. Man, that team, too. They got to save like, him for the playoffs. Yep. Who's, who's going to beat this team? And now they just they can't find themselves, man. 
Yeah, he he had somebody roll into his knee on a on a play. I forget who it was, but it's just it's not, you know that was yeah, rough. But, actually, I, I'm not gonna lie. I actually kind of felt bad for him because I do too I, because I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan of KD, man. Yeah, me I'm too. I'm like fan. I love he like KD, and you know it's he, he's had injury issues in the past and all that, and you know I, yeah. I hope he he comes back soon. We need a mm-hmm. lot of the league back, man. Besides this health and safety protocol stuff, a lot of players are injured right now, and seeing him go down just sucks. It's interesting, though, how the narrative, because uh, remember last season, the narrative throughout the entire season, anytime somebody got hurt is the league's rushing people back too fast. They're playing too many games, yep. yada, yada, yada. The same thing's happening this season. You don't hear anything about it. And, you know, that was kind of my point last year. It's like, you know, none of these injuries are fatigued based. These are random, stupid injuries. You know, of course, it was LeBron who got hurt last year when his ankle was rolled up on, who was the one beating the drum. That's like, I played so much. I played so much. Hashtag Laker Nation. I'm sorry. We'll play better. You know, his tweets and such. And, you know, now it's like we're at this point where, you know, everybody gets hurt on stupid freak injuries. I mean, KD's injury is a freak basketball yeah. play. It happens in the course of a basketball season. So I'm glad that we're not focusing on, you know, the fact that it's like, oh, well, it's simply because uh, too many games are being played. Let's make it a 70 game season. That'll be the next thing LeBron pines for as he gets older. He's like, we need to have less, less games. Dude, we talk about this every year with the injuries, no matter what. It's just it gets it, I'm pretty fatigued from it. So I just I don't really want to comment. Wow. Matthew with no comment. Dropping the no comment. Oh, wow, yeah, I know. Well, right? I guess, nice I guess we'll go back. Here. I guess we'll go back to the, the fact that the Phoenix Suns outscored the San Antonio uh, Spurs 34 to 16 in that fourth quarter. Uh, after, as I mentioned earlier, the Spurs <laughs> outscored the Suns 35 to 28 in the third. You know, again, that fourth quarter, uh, as you mentioned, Suns Geek, Devin Booker was pulled with about halfway through the game. Or halfway through the game, halfway through the the fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. What did yeah. you see from the Suns? How did they ultimately just put this team away? Because it wasn't on the back of Devin Booker, as I mentioned. He only scored seven points in the fourth. How did they do it tonight? It happened fast, man. And I mean, it, it, we're talking about what, like maybe three minutes. I think it was just offensive scoring. I mean, I feel like defense, you know, most nights isn't really a problem for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, even on on some of their worst defensive nights, they're still a good defensive team. So I just feel like it was just an offensive flow and it just happened so quick, just pushing the pace, staying focused, getting more guys involved. And that, and it just, it showed up on when we needed it. It was, you know, what the start of the fourth quarter or, you know, midway through the fourth quarter and all that, but it was, it just happened fast and it happened at the right time. So. Matthew, <laughs> yeah. Duncan Pirtle, one, why I was just going to say, why do they pronounce it that way? And two, how, <laughs> how <laughs> Why did he kick our ass tonight? I mean, Jakob yeah, was what, 23 and 14. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I put up DeAndre Aiden numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I actually I write his name as uh, Jakob Pertle, uh, Myrtle Turtle. So that way it just all rhymes and flows very well, just like the Suns offense. Uh, I think that that's the reason really the Suns came back. When he was out of the game at the end of the third, that's when I think the Suns really picked themselves up. And I, I think I know they got outscored with like six points in the third quarter. Um, but I really feel like that the end of the quarter is when they kind of came back. I know, of course, the Spurs had that buzzer beater, which kind of killed it, but that's when the Suns kind of just started attacking more. Uh, they forced in turnovers. Chris Paul and Mikael Bridges' defense was really great tonight. And they just focus on that side of the ball like they always do when they need mm-hmm. to, and then that gets the offense going. They had a lot of fast breaks, like Cameron Johnson yep. tonight. The yeah, one man fast, fast break. Yeah, that dude. was fantastic, wasn't man, it? Man, this, yeah, I mean, it's it wasn't even that he came back. Especially like coming that. back from injury, Decent, too. Yeah. That decent game great. and then all of a sudden he does that it's like oh stole my heart again man so. <laughs> uh cameron johnson has matthew's heart um there is you know you mentioned it the the, the reason i think we took off in that fourth quarter is because this guy really started to lock in as he typically does in fourth quarter the point You look at what Chris Paul did in the fourth quarter. He had six points. He had two assists, but he had those two steals, as you mentioned, Matthew. And he focused and helped focus his team on the defensive end. And when that occurs, it's easy offense on the other side. And we, I mean, we just blew him away in that fourth quarter. And you know, Greg Popovich is sitting there watching it. He's watching one of his protégés, Monty Williams. And he's yeah. just, you know, although his ass is getting kicked in that fourth quarter, you know, he, seeing as Pop is such a great guy from every, you know, what, what I hear from everybody. I think he's probably a little proud of Monty. He's like, hey, look at, you know, this guy's taken my philosophy, my team first atmosphere. He's mm-hmm. downloaded it to this Phoenix organization and it's working for him. And actually at the mm-hmm. very end of the game, when the final, you know, horn was sounded, 
Greg Popovich walked, rocked, walked right up to Devin Booker, a guy who played for him in Tokyo, Japan, won a gold medal for him, congratulated him, gave him a, a, a handshake, and you know was mm-hmm. was proud of the performance that he put on tonight. So it's, it's yeah. nice beating Pop. You know, this is going to be pretty hard to hear probably for a lot of Suns fans, but doesn't Devin Booker just, he's like a Spurs player, right? He's not flashy, just he gets yeah. the job done. He's like a Spurs all-star player, superstar. That's that's what Booker is kind of. And I, you know Pop loves him. I saw Book like out of the halftime giving him a slap on the butt or whatever to surprise him on the way back out. Like, you know, they have <laughs> a good relationship. Yeah. Now we can like Pop. Like, I enjoy seeing him lose. Well, yeah. He's not murdering us in the playoffs and having uh, <laughs> what's-his-face Bruce Bowen kick our point guard in the balls. True. Greg Popovich is, I think, going to soon be third all time in the all time like coaches win list. I think they showed that on the broadcast tonight. Mm-hmm. And the Spurs are such a weird team, man. I mean, I, I, like they're in a rebuild with a, without like actually admitting they're in a rebuild, but they do got some talented players, man. I mean, Jante Murray's a beast, and they got some other guys that are total Spurs players like Doug McDermott and all that. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Nobody. And, nobody looks like they take a shower either. None of those players. <laughs> None of them look like they they don't do their hair. Like they have like hair pieces on. I don't know what they're wearing, dude. Yeah, they follow Pop. Pop doesn't do any of that stuff either. So I mean, you know, it's it's part of the Spurs culture, if you will, is you don't really shower. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean that's breaking news here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. I see a couple questions about this in the in the chat, so we'll bring it up. Watch. It's funny, Aiden Watch takes on like this whole new meaning now that he is out and, you know, it, it's not like COVID-related injuries, you know, but you have Ian in the chat. He goes, DA News. Uh, you know, well, so he, he tweaks his ankle yesterday against the Pistons. Uh, I guess on Jay Crowder's IG live story after the game, DA was in a walking boot. Are you guys concerned at all about the length of the injury and the and does it even matter? Uh, but I'll ask this question as a, as a follow up question to I'll start with Sunsky and then I'll ask Matthew the same. Uh, you know, does, obviously, does this affect his all star game chances? So, oh, absolutely. What, and am I concerned a little? I mean, I guess I would rather have this happen now rather than later. Um, but yeah, the, the walking boot is a little concerning. And I think Kevin Ray said on the broadcast tonight, you know, no timetable for his return. That's not good. Yeah, I don't like I mean, that. I would rather have a four to six weeks like Kevin Durant or something like that. Give me some kind of update. I get it. You know, they're probably playing it safe. They probably haven't released that info yet and everything, but I'm sure they're still getting doctor's opinions and all that stuff, but I just, it's not good. And all-star chances, even though I think he was still number 10 in the voting, the terrible fan voting and all that, uh, it's probably over with. What do you think? Yeah. No, it's over with. Um, so, oh, All Star Games February twentieth. So, never mind. I was like, maybe he can hold off till after the All Star break. <laughs> That's another month. That's but honestly, <laughs> you know, if that if that were to happen, his All Star chances are you know out the window, obviously. So, if he needs time, it doesn't matter. The whole you know, don't rush him back. I'm all for that for sure. Yeah. And I think the walking boot too is that something to do with being on a plane too, like inflammation or something. With I don't even know. Right, if you're up in the air, could be to not put so much uh, pressure on it either. You know that affects injuries or something. I don't know, but I'm not worried. He looked happy. He looked fine. Like he was cracking. I don't know what the hell he was saying, but it looked like it was probably <laughs> he's probably having, having a good old time. But you yeah. know, I'm with you. Yeah, when they when they say no timetable, you just it means that there's still an evaluation process because there's exactly. probably some swelling going there. They got the swelling go down. You know, this is coming from mm. three guys who clearly aren't doctors, so don't take our word for it. But I do think that this actually might help his chances to make an all-star game. He's not going to play in the all-star game, but you could see that kind of nod of respect from coaches and, uh, and the media Media saying, Hey, this guy has been dominant. He was dominant in the playoffs last year. Uh, He's had a really solid first half of the season. Let's go ahead and just give him an all-star nod, knowing that he's not going to have the ability to play if it goes on that long. Now, that being said, you know, obviously the devil's advocate to that argument is the fact that he hasn't played played in a ton of games to begin this season thus far. I mean, because the Suns what, what, were 34 and nine. So that puts us at 43 games. Right. That's math. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm mathing correctly. OK, so uh, and then you look at the fact that he's played in a total of 28 games thus far. So, I mean, he's right at that cusp you know, to where missing more time probably will hurt any chances to make an all-star game. But the more important thing is the fact that, you know, one, 
get healthy DA and yep. two, the, the Suns can sustain this injury because of the depth that they build because they kept Bismack Biombo signed for the remainder of the season rather than released him off into the league. I mean, think about that. Think about if Bismack Biombo had done a 10 day contract, the Suns let him go. He tweaks his ankle. And now he's playing for fricking the Knicks or something, you know, it's oh. like, again, James, mm-hmm. in James Jones, we trust, right? Gents. Yeah, but that also Bismack Biombo is the reason he probably won't make the All Star game because everyone knows how well him and Sticks have been playing with Chris Paul. You know what I mean? So uh, every time I listen to like No Dunks podcast, <laughs> that's the one thing they always talk about. It's like, yeah, Da, but then look at what everyone else is doing with Chris Paul. So I think that kind of hurts him. I also think John. You know, we talked about this last time on the show. It's also like you know the spots and the voting and like you know centers getting in. There's not going to be that many centers getting in. Even though DA does deserve it, despite only playing what twenty eight games or whatever, you know math is hard and all that. But uh, you know he he does deserve it. Maybe next year, kind of like we were saying with Tyler Hero, having a great season, but maybe next year. Yeah, it would be nice though to see him get in. I'm obviously more concerned and hoping that Devin Booker not only gets into the game but actually starts. I honestly think that he you know, deserves him, it. He, he does. Him and Steph Curry should be the starting backcourt for the Western Conference. It's just I, that to me, that's a no brainer, right, gents? No, it has to happen. I mean, I get the John Moran. He's probably the MVP this year, but that's tough. Those two, it's either Booker or Jaw. If I see Luca as a starter, I'm going to be pissed. Oh, I think when Booker had like 41th is. point, I like tweeted out. I was like, NBA fans, media, coaches, et cetera. I was like, Devin Booker is an all-star. He's been an NBA all-star. Don't overthink this. I was like, he's an NBA all-star. Just get yeah. it done. Book it. Yeah, it's it's not that hard this year, you know. Again, I think that some of the challenges we had in the past, obviously, when he hit up, he put up the great statistical performances. They were for bad teams, and we were frustrated because it's like, well, listen, you know, he's he's still playing. He's just on a bad team, but he got to be on a good team. Then, obviously, last year they were on a good team. He didn't get voted in. Uh, they keep and he was making at, excuses. Yeah, there's always <clears> an excuse as to why. It's like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and. And get him in there, you know, and, and, and it comes down to you, Suns fans. Uh, we know that it's rigged, but still, hashtag Devin Booker, hashtag NBA All-Star. Do it on Twitter. Do nope. it as much, as much as you yeah. can, as many times as you want. Retweet it. Retweet it. I know that our ass Suns our son's jam our son's jam twitter account like we put things out i mean you just can you can retreat retweet those you know we got to do what we can to get this guy to the nba all-star game so i think there's only a few more days too if yeah. i'm correct so I think you're right now go on twitter do it on the website just just do it yeah be be that guy do that for this guy <laughs> so uh, but that brings us to the segment which we all know who the jam star of the game is going to be but we'll do the drop anyways <laughs> Jam star of the game. Jamster, this is a reminder to go ahead and put, press that thumbs up button down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching on Facebook or you're watching on, on uh, the Twitter, go to YouTube, do the thumbs up, and let us know in the <laughs> chat who your jam star of the game is. I think it's pretty easy. Uh, it's Big Dick Booker, right, gents? Yeah, I called you gents now sure. three times. I gotta stop with the gents thing. It's well, gotta be the that's, that's the first time I noticed it. It's gotta so, be the sparkling, the sparkling CBD drink. It has me you know, going all gents. Booker, Booker is the jam star of the game, but I gotta give it to Landry Shamit, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> get, get out of here. We're, gonna, we're gonna mute. So, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, he 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 truly was legendary. Yeah. Honorable mention though, Bismack Biombo. <clears throat> yeah. Again, mm-hmm. during that stretch of the game where it seemed like only Devin Booker could score, it was Bismack Biombo who really brought the intensity on both sides of the ball. Next up for the Phoenix Suns, we have a, a little bit of a wait. We don't play until Thursday. So no game Tuesday, no game Wednesday. The Suns finished their five-game road trip in Dallas against Luka and the Mavs. This is the first time we've played them this season, right? You know what? It has to be, right? Yeah, because normally yes. like we play them – the opening game of the season, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, let me let, let me click a couple clickly clacks here. Uh, I'm looking too. Played them twice already. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. I wasn't. <laughs> what? It doesn't seem them like a, it because well, did Luca so not play ago. in those games? Oh like, yeah, Luca was out. I think. Yeah, both. that's probably why it doesn't seem like up. we did. Yeah, this back is our last game games. against them. Holy it was shit. a back to back. Dude, yeah, this season no- is flying by. We won both those games too. Yeah. November wow. 17th and November 18th, Ooh. the Suns beat them 105 to 98 on the 17th. And then two nights later, uh, we beat them by 12. Yes, I remember that. I was in Reno. It's just because Luca probably didn't play, which is why we all thought we didn't play that yet. Facts. Facts. <laughs> 
you know, but you take a look at who the Dallas Mavericks are now. They're currently the fifth seed in the uh, conference. They are 24 and 19, and they're a team that has quietly put together kind of a nice little win streak. You know, you, you look at their last few games and they've won, how I think like seven out of the last eight, if I'm, if I remember correctly. Uh, and, you know, normally if that occurs for the Dallas Mavericks, I feel like it's being shoved down our throats, but I think that, Due to some of the narratives about Luca being a little bit overweight, uh, the team not playing necessarily well together. Uh, Porzingis, you know, yeah, Porzingis, he who <laughs> just came back. You know, I mean, they're they're not very flashy, but they're starting to put wins together. Now, granted, their last game, uh, well, they played today against the Thunder. I don't know what the result of that was, uh, but they played the Magic and they beat them. They beat the Grizzlies. They're the team that stopped the Grizzlies' win streak and they beat them one twelve to eighty five. They lost to the Knicks, and it was wins over the Bulls, the Rockets, the Warriors, the Ooh. Nuggets, the Thunder, the the Kings. Uh, yeah, those I mean, are so some they, good teams, man. So they're really starting. To, they're starting to play better. So you know, last game of a road trip. Uh, Matthew, what 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 are you seeing from mm-hmm. this game? First, first um, and only shot to see Luca. Well, the thing, the <laughs> mistake is like when you listen to like the Ringer podcast. A lot of these guys are actually killing. Like they're already dead in the water, right? They're talking yeah. about even the Lakers as a team including the Mavericks is a team they're overlooking. I'm Ugh. still frightened of Luka in the playoffs, all of that. I know we hate him, whatever, but this is obviously, this is going to be the guy that is going to be one of the most feared when they go into the playoffs out of like, like a John Morant, you know, Devin Booker, he's up there. So I want them to suck, but now that they have a run, it's just like, of course, there's so many freaking games for him to get in shape. All right. So it's going to be fun to watch this game because we didn't remember, but we played them because we didn't play against Luca. So That's it's going to be interesting. All right. That game brings, win streak too. Yeah, yeah. And it brings back the whole Mikhail versus Luca matchup that we love to watch. Yes. So I'm going to be looking for that. Of course, there's no Deandre Aiden to help out. So who's going to help him on in the interior? Because I mean, you can only do so much against him, but who's the guy to help out Mikhail against Luca in this game? Who is been playing? They've been playing better, and you know what? I, I got to say, this is a biased Suns fan. It's the Marquise Chris effect, and I'm not even joking. <laughs> He's been playing good oh, for them, yeah, yeah. and they signed him. And you know what? I'm proud that Marquise Chris made that team. But they have been playing better. You, you mentioned the teams that they beat, and you know, Mikhail's going to need some help, obviously, with all that. And we're just going to need a team effort to beat him. The last game, you know, from this road trip and everything, we got what two days off before that. Hopefully the Suns are locked yeah. in even after that two-day break. I'm sure they're tired. They understandably are, but uh, I, I hope the Suns will win that game. Yeah, so Marquise Chris, I'm not proud that he's a member of the, the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Marquise Chris, top five all-time Suns that just annoy the shit out of me. I always have, always will. Do you have the drop of the air I'm dunk? a biased Marquise Chris, oh. man. Man, I love that, dude. Oh, I, I, I do not. Yeah. <laughs> the air ball dunk it, that led to a yeah. fight with Ricky Rubio against the Jazz like four years <laughs> yeah. ago. I'll never forget yeah, that, Jerry man. Dudley. He, oh. yeah, hey, he, I, like the, I like to remember the good times, okay? There, what? There was like one basket <laughs> once against the Sixers he made. You're like, whoa. He got so benched in the middle of a game for his attitude. I was that, at that game, yeah. actually. Oh, man. <laughs> I remember attitude problems. I just Marquise Chris and used to annoy me because you know that was the year where we took Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris. Like yeah, this this was remember. the year that we were gonna rebuild, and it was just like Dragon Bender was too young and and Marquise Chris was too unpolished and he he pouted too much. You could see him pouting on the court. You're like this grown man's pounding, and I know he was like a 19 year old kid out of Washington. He climbed in that draft too, and it, he yes. climbed right before the draft, and he was uh, the draft day like uh Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, you know the guy who's like this guy played for North Carolina and mm-hmm. sucked for four years. Why is he? Oh, he's got a great arm. You're like, let's take him third. You know, it's like there's always that one guy who just gets a bunch of hype behind him. Killian Hayes, I think Killian Hayes was that yep. guy. You know, he's the guy who really mm-hmm. rose in that draft. And he's, yeah, he needs some more time. High reward though, players. They always need more time. You know, yeah, and, exactly. And that's okay. That's and, and 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 it just goes to show you, he's gotten more time now. He's playing. Uh, with the the Dallas uh, Mavericks, he's now 24 years old, rock number 32 over there in Dallas. He's played in 13 games for him. Uh, he's averaging 6.5 points, and he's shooting 42.9 percent from three, uh, although albeit on 1.1 attempts. But you know he's he's starting to develop a game. And yeah, you know I, I'm being facetious. I'm being funny. You know, yeah. <laughs> kudos to anybody who can play at the high level and bounce back the way that he has ultimately had to. 
because he's somebody who was taken so high. It's like Josh Jackson. Seeing Josh Jackson yesterday, which we didn't talk about on the pod, Matthew, just because it was such a quick one. But seeing him and knowing that he's doing a little bit better, like mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. You know, oh, I'm, just, I'm, yeah. I'm more frustrated with the front office for taking him exactly. and put him in that bad position than mm-hmm. him underperforming as a member of the Phoenix Suns. I, so, I feel I feel bad for the dude. And remember, it was like a Kyrie Irving or that pick. Like, yeah, talk, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think Dan Bickley's the only one that wanted Kyrie. I'm like, no, get this guy. <laughs> yeah, you build on him. Yeah. At the time, yeah. I was like, go get him. But you know, now that probably wasn't the best idea. <laughs> Joshua, you know? Joshua, Josh 77, Marquis Chris is a diet Mar- Morris brother. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, though. He's like one of those. He was at least, Pretty you true. know, and again, he has the attitude of a Morris brother, even though off the court, he's a nice guy. I've actually met Marquis Chris a lot of times. He's a really nice guy. Well, but on the court, not him so and much. a Morris twin. But 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 again, you know, kind of to that point, like at least during his time in Phoenix, he had that appeal of a fake tough guy. It was yep. the, the airball dunk. I wish, you know, I'm going to get that drop on here. Just so you every have time. to. I'll get it for the next game because I have that saved on my phone. Oh, my. And it's like I play it all the time whenever I'm whenever I'm down, like when the card put are the down little whistle to like, nothing. Whoop, whoop, like the whoop. little slide whistle or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of those on it. Uh, Blaze Megatron asks in the chat, who's better, Fat Luca or Twisted Ankle Aiton? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. Give, I'm not going to answer that. I one. get. I give it to Twisted Ankle. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, and obviously the big headline of this game, as you mentioned, Matthew, will be Luka Doncic playing against the Phoenix Suns, playing against Mikael Bridges. You know, so far this year in 28 games played for Luka, uh, which is the same amount as DeAndre Ayton, mind you. Uh, 24.7 points, 8.7 assists, 8.5 total rebounds. Uh, he's shooting 43% from the field. And 29.7% from three. The great thing about him is he's shooting 29.7% from three. How many three pointers do you think he averages taking a game to 11, shoot 29? Right? No. I, I don't know. 7.9. Yeah, mm. eight. He mm. shoots eight threes a game and he hits 29% of them. So got to love that from Luca. Just keep, keep, keep <laughs> chucking. Keep doing it. Those step like, backs, huh? Keep, yeah, keep chucking. I haven't like, watched him once this year. I haven't watched the Mavericks. I haven't watched him at all. Nobody There's really guys has. that have improved their three-point shot. That doesn't seem like Luca's heading in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. No. He, he, he chucks threes like he chucks chicken nuggets down his gullet. So <laughs> I uh, would too if I were him moving over here. Right. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm I'm predicting a win for the Suns in this game. I think that this is, you know, the Dallas Mavericks are a team we play very well against. The only thing that's going to be a challenge, as you mentioned, Matthew, you know, no DeAndre Ayton uh, is, could be a challenge. The depth could take care of that. Uh, but it is game five of a five-game road trip. And I know that this team's excited. They're looking forward to coming home. You know, after the, the game uh, in Dallas, they come home. They play the Pacers at home on Saturday. Uh, they got the Jazz at home before going to the Jazz. And they come back, and they've got a nice little, you know, three-game home, home stand. So uh, what do you guys think? You think it's a dub for the, for the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Let's go win another game. If they can just – Come, you know, start the game locked in, you know, not have that fatigue from the road that they'll be fine. That they'll win. No, so three, they're up three games right now as first in the first place. The Suns, yes, yeah, the Warriors have been cool. struggling. Clay actually. came back, Warriors. and I like how John posted mm-hmm. the whole clay thing. You know, it's they're three and one and three, they're one and three. That's what he, happens, it's gonna take yep. some time. And it's like I said in, on the tweet, you know, it's like it's it just goes to show you the NBA is not plug and play. Like everybody said, clay, and don't get me wrong, like the Warriors are a damn good team. Clay Thompson's a damn good player. Respect to both yeah. of them. But getting a piece back like Clay Thompson, who hasn't played in over 700 days, you can't expect to just plug him right back into your starting lineup and the chemistry is just all going to be there. This guess isn't what? 2K. Amen. <laughs> exactly. It's not 2K. It takes it takes spacing. It takes understanding. He's out there playing with some players that he's never played with before. And don't get me wrong. This team is – they're, they're going to be just fine. You know, they are the second-best team in the NBA. Uh, but it just – Part of me is happy to see them struggle, you know, one, because I'm a Suns fan, but two, because it just it shuts all those people up who are like, dude, just wait till the Clay Thompson gets back. They're going to fucking be insane. It's like, maybe they will be, but not right off the bat, man. And this mm-hmm. is why I just said Batman. That's kind of funny. And this is why you need to take advantage of this time for the Phoenix Suns. And that's why, again, the signing of Bismack Biombo is vital because it provides that depth to absorb a DeAndre Ayton injury. Exactly, man. I was trying to read the chat. There's a lot going on. Sonia did say something. I can't even go back to see. I think I've they're saying happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So Sonia in the chat says, "Hey, Lissy's birthday's tomorrow." And Buck hey. Doc says, "We need a sing song in the chat for ha- for Lissy's birthday." <laughs> Kudos to the Jamsters. They've been singing "Happy Birthday" in the chat. 
Uh, Matthew, I'll sing it real quick. Happy birthday to you. The end. And that's all you get. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Do, do you know what Beautiful. we're going to get you for your birthday? I'm going to get you a Dak Prescott jersey. One that you threw across the bar. <laughs> Wait, where is it at? Do you know where it's at? I, think I didn't wear it the rest it. of the night. Oh, no, I know you did it. <laughs> Matthew walked around with a with a cutoff tee the rest of the day. Just mean mug. It was a wife beater, but then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had a jacket I mean, on though. So happy yes. birthday, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> As Fabio says, happy 16th. Yeah. Happy 16th. I can't wait. You ready to get your license now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finally drive. So, uh, what else? We got a couple minutes here. You guys want to talk about anything else? Do we want to do some childhood trauma? You know what? We'll do this for Matthew's birthday. Childhood trauma. All right, Matthew, tell, tell us about your best. <laughs> birthday memory ever and then tell us about your worst i think it was my 16th birthday we went to um we went to a park because i have a lot of nieces and nephews and we just went to a park for my birthday and we rode the train around and i was oh, a 16 uh, desert year old breeze male. desert breeze yeah yeah it wasn't really traumatic it's just funny like my 16th birthday that's how much of a loser i still am you know growing up you know no friends or anything so just me and my <laughs> me and my family just hanging out at the park uh, Desert Breeze, riding the train with the kids. Uh, it was a good time, I guess. I don't know. So is that the best and worth, worst birthday at the same time? I, I can't think of one right now, honestly. So. <laughs> All right, Sons Geek, best birthday, worst birthday. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank here. I don't know. I mean, I can't even think of like a best one. And I've had some good birthdays and everything. So, but, so when is your birthday? Uh, May 12th, actually. So it was okay. good to have the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs this year. There during you go. my birthday. That was awesome. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I got nothing. I'm not. This isn't my best segment. How did that like pre think of this ahead of time? Yeah, you, you know? gotta have a list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, for me, it just comes naturally because my whole life's a shit show. Look at some old Facebook photos and be like, oh, that was my worst birthday ever. You know? Yeah. God. So I think my worst birthday was my 21st birthday. I was uh, I had just joined the army and I was at AIT, which is Advanced Individual Training. So you go to basic training for nine weeks, and then you go to your AIT school. And I was an Army cook, so I was in Fort Lee, Virginia. And, you know, I turned 21, and I just remember, like, I was on the grill, and I had to cook, like, 300 steaks. And I did that, and I had – do you know what chitlins are? Sounds familiar. What, what are chitlins, Matthew? The things you eat, right? Yes, that's correct. But essentially they're intestines. They're fried intestines. And in mm. order to get to them, you have to like pull intestines apart to get to them. And they smell fucking horrible. Mm. And like I had, I, so I did, I made chitlins and had to pull intestines apart for half my birthday. Uh, and then, and then, <laughs> and then make steaks. And what I, I we, what was nice though, was like, we got our first off post pass that weekend. Cause my birthday was like on a Wednesday or something. And I, we went up to Richmond, Virginia. I bought a shit ton of beer and ice and I filled a bathtub full of beer. I walked into a Red Lobster. My first drink as a 21-year-old, I ordered a shot of Jack Daniels at a Red Lobster in uh, in Richmond, Virginia. And my best birthday is tough because I've had a lot of really good ones. My birthday is in the middle of October, so I normally get playoff baseball. Uh, I've had the Phoenix Suns beat the Dallas Mavericks to open the season on my birthday about four or five years ago. Uh, so, and you know, football games and things like that. You know, but the, every time the Cardinals play on my yeah. birthday. Uh, which they played at my birthday this year and they won. But I remember one year there was a Thursday night game and I used, used to go to a bar and uh, I just remember them getting freaking just destroyed <laughs> yeah. and remind me of tonight. Yeah, I've actually I've had a lot of good birthdays. So what uh, about your one? My family ago, when, when, when we beat the shit out of uh, Boston, we went to Half Moon. That was your birthday, right? That place is awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What out of Bo- oh the Celtics? I was the thinking Celtics. what? Yeah, yeah. I was like, what am I? Boston? Yeah, what? yeah. That yeah, that's a good place. Mm-hmm. Biltmore. We went there. We had a good time. And then yeah, you know, Matthew's birthday is obviously tomorrow. And then like a month later, COVID happened. I think I had my shirt off that night too. Probably it's <laughs> Matthew. Whenever he starts drinking, he he starts pounding some beers and the shirts. I did get kicked out of a bar that night. That's like the first time I've ever gotten kicked out. So. <laughs> So, well, on that note, Jamsters, uh, we appreciate you coming, hanging out with us. Anything's better than an Arizona Cardinals game. So we're glad that you're here. <laughs> thank yeah. you again, Suns Geek, for joining us, man. It's always great to have yeah, you on the pod you, and, and, and shooting the shit about the Suns, man. Can you tell everyone where they can follow you? Yeah, of course. Thank you guys so much once again for having me on. Uh, if you guys don't know who I am, uh, at Suns Geek on YouTube, you know, upload Phoenix Suns news videos and all kinds of videos. If it has to deal with the Phoenix Suns, I'm going to make a video about it. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Just search Suns Geek and you'll find me. And once again, guys, thank you for having me on the show. You guys are just killing it. 
with each and every single podcast. You guys are always here. Keep up the great work. I can't wait to be back on again. Fantastic. Matthew, can you tell people where they can find your shirts? Uh, yeah, my shirts. <laughs> the jerseys that you threw. <laughs> this random random bar throughout Phoenix, Arizona. Which is a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if, uh, if you get a chance, go to redbubble.com. We sell a lot of really fun, cool merchandise that I've designed uh, on that. The one in the uh, back. <clears throat> yes, yes. <laughs> you know, but go check that out. Uh, you can follow Matthew at Matthew Lissy. You can follow me. At John Lissy. Nah, geez, I hate that name. At Darth Voida. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow the show at Suns Jam. Uh, until Thursday, take it easy, everybody. And Matthew? Mm, go home and love your family. All right. Take care, ladies and gentlemen.